Welcome to the Movement PT Coffee Cast, where we sit down and talk about physical therapy, health, and whatever else comes to mind during our coffee-infused conversations. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Movement PT Coffee Cast. My name's Dalton, and with me, as always, is my beautifully bearded friend, William. William, how are we doing today? We're doing really good, Dalton. How about you? I'm great. The sun is finally out in Canada. The snow is gone. The sun is out, and if I see another ounce of snow, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Sun's out, guns out? <laughs> Ooh, it's coming. <laughs> so, we are back at it today with another interview with one of our good friends. Do you want to take the honors and introduce him? I'll let him introduce himself. Hello, this is Zach Gabor. How you doing? What's up, guys? Thank you for having me. It's uh, I'm glad we kind of put this off because I've really been looking forward to it, and uh, now we really get to sit down and uh, have a nice little combo. You are a busy man. Dude, it's been the craziest month of travel ever, man, but just on a freaking mission, dude. So no time. Well, no time to rest. Where have you been for the last month? Um, I was on vacation with my boo-boo, Steph, who is also my coworker, nice. and another PT on a mission to make healthcare a better place. Um, sure. And then traveled to Italy to present a workshop with my coworker, Matt, uh, where I get to talk about pain science and deadlifting and, you know, importance of language to, a, you know, a crowd that's not just PTs, it's, it's coaches. And I'm really a firm believer that coaches – really need to understand the implications of language um, because it's all of us together, you know, working together to, um, you know, decrease some of these narratives and beliefs that people are having because we know that it's not just crap physios or chiros or MDs. It's also trainers and coaches that are delivering these short-sighted narratives that, you know, people come in, they're like, oh, well, my trainer or my physio or whoever you want to insert there told me that, you know, I have pain because my, of an anterior pelvic tilt. And so um, it's really important for them to start to at least understand some of the basics of it because the language they use is huge. Yeah, but just getting on that common, that common narrative amongst everyone I think is huge. And like yeah. Nick had mentioned it when we talked to him that that's one of the things that he thinks is such a huge problem in the healthcare system right now is like no one is on the same page with that idea of pain. So that's awesome yeah. that you're out there like doing that not only – in the uh, u.s but uh, italy just killing it now we just got to get up to canada my dude there you go man the great white north exactly <laughs> uh before we get too far into the show why don't you just intro yourself just a little bit like give people an idea if they haven't heard of you uh kind yeah. of how you got to where you are now no doubt so um i graduated from ithaca college undergrad in 2013 uh pt got well i got my dpt in 2015 uh, throughout schooling, I really fell in love with the material, a huge anatomy geek. I fell in love with teaching. I actually applied to Ithaca as a history major because I wanted to teach history. And then we won't get into how I ended up finding PT, but <laughs> teaching's always been deeply rooted in something I've, I've wanted to do. And so I had opportunities to teach gross anatomy and musculoskeletal and some other ones that really solidified my love and passion for teaching. Um, And then I also fell in love with strength and conditioning. And I felt that 
physio school left a lot to be desired with the movement component and uh, really loading our, our clients and empowering them through that. So I really just did a lot of self-learning, a lot of self-shadowing and, you know, coming out of school, uh, I was thinking about doing the residency route and then I kind of got deterred, which is kind of one of the best things to ever happen to me. But that's also another good story, which maybe we'll get to in the podcast. But uh, yeah, I was super in the biomedical rabbit hole, telling patients every single dysfunction that was wrong with them, though well-intentioned, until a fellow named Chris Johnson changed my life and really challenged me uh, to be critical about some of the words I use and, and the uh, thoughts I have. And, and that really set me on the trajectory, trajectory to where I am now, which is you know running an educational account, advocating for for empowerment model PT, you know, educating about little bits of pain and, and learning how to weave that in skillfully and, uh, and, and how strength and conditioning plays into that all. So that's more of the educational side. I work at Boston PT and wellness as a physical therapist and had just worked with a Canadian women's ice hockey team for the season. Uh, but work with a lot of, uh, work with a lot of athletic population, a lot of weightlifters, um, endurance athletes, but also some good general pop. And I love working with persistent pain. That's actually one of my favorite things to work with clinically. And that's the spark notes on me. Yeah, that was, that was clutch. <laughs> um, yeah, Yo, the older we get, the resume is kind of getting longer. So it's like the, the quick little bit about you tends to get a bit longer and longer. <laughs> Continues to grow. I just have a quick question. Like, I'm curious because you said you're you're really drawn towards like um, working with people with persistent pain. Like I know that is a difficult area. Uh, what draws you towards working with that area specifically? It's uh, it's twofold. It, it's 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 primarily it is knowing how much we can empower them through education and give them hope is one of the best feelings. It's arguably the greatest feeling in the world. That's, that's firsthand the reason why I love it so much, knowing what we know. And my favorite tool and my tool belt is education. And um, so being able to utilize that and really help challenge and change their beliefs and instill positive behavior change is, you know, that's the other part of it is it's a challenge. It's a, it's a really big challenge, which kind of keeps you on your toes clinically and never keeps it monotonous or dull. So, you know, learning how to read personalities and, and enter into these really difficult conversations that can get really emotional is arguably one of the most challenging things, I think, clinically. But that's what makes it so um, fun for me is getting to have that challenge and come out on the other side with positive outcomes for a lot of them. Yeah, for sure. I think it's it's interesting. Like, obviously, you talk about like empowering people and all and all those kind of things with people with persistent pain. But have you found it like translate over just to like the general pop that you're working with, and even even athletes, right? Like, I feel like it's it's so key with every population that you're seeing. Oh, absolutely. The best time to uh, the best time to decrease the risk of persistent pain is during acute injuries. Um, so athletes, especially, are notorious for a population that constantly craves fixing because that's what we've always fed them our, their whole lives. Right. And so when, you know, it's a give and take where there's a, you, you have to do some cer certain stuff to, to get them ready to play that night or, or whatever that might kind of bend your ethics a little bit, but uh, ultimately underlying the true narratives of what things are, are more so not doing is really important. So it definitely carries over to all populations that you're working with 100%. Cool. Yeah, it's interesting with that, like, 
kind of a cute, like you, you don't typically think about uh, how those sort of like, let's say like psychosocial factors play into like an acute situation because it's definitely like bio biomedically driven pain and stuff like that. But it's, it's yeah. that going forward, right? Like where you don't, you want them to have those positive uh, beliefs going back to their sport, especially where the demand. Well, yeah. I mean, even with acute injury, you can still go one of two ways in that cycle of fear avoidance. There's athletes that can have really significant psychosocial yellow flags where if they're not confrontational about like resilience, those are the ones that are more susceptible to re-injury down the road. I mean, look at ACL re-tear rates. A lot of that is psychological when people are just not confident in their movement and you get like hormonal and physiological sequelae of it. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's really important that we're mindful of our language, no matter the population. Yeah. That's, that's a key thing to get across. I think, um, I mean, we could go on this topic forever. I'm sure I know you could talk about it forever. So I want to kind of switch gears. I know we, we really wanted to talk about what you're doing with the level up initiative. Um, and this, yeah. this idea of the growth mindset. So like, obviously that's something that you're really trying to hammer home with it. So like yeah. my question for you is like, what does a growth mindset mean to you and like having a growth mindset mean to you? And like, how have you come to implement that throughout your daily life? Yeah, man. So, and yeah, we can totally nerd out about the pain science stuff after hours. Um, yeah. <laughs> we can talk about that for days, but that's generally what I talk about on podcasts. So this will be good to switch gears. Uh, to me, growth mindset really means like really being cognizant and taking ownership that we have a choice. Ultimately, we always have a freaking choice. We all have different cards that are dealt to us. You know, Dalton, like I'm so inspired and grateful of the story that you shared with us for the Challenge Yourself campaign. But my reason of doing that whole thing is showing, showing us all that we all have different cards that were dealt, some shittier than others, right? But it's all about how we react to that. That's what defines us. That's what shapes us. We can roll over and take it, or we can choose to take ownership and take action. Um, it's obviously easier said than done. There's a lot of psychological stuff that goes into it. Like myself, I have really bad anxiety. So for me, taking ownership was really hard, but, um, but ultimately the defining moment in my life that really had me shift gears. And, you know, so for me, growth mindset is just taking ownership and taking action and not having any excuses to not at least take 110% effort to go after the goals that you want to go after. It's interesting that I feel like honestly, like having like uh, started talking about this stuff with you guys uh, about growth mindset with like the level up initiative and everything, I, I've started noticing it actually impacting uh, my life and, and the way I go about things. Like recently I had uh, acute care placement medicine. It's like totally out of my comfort zone. Like I, I felt lost and I felt like, uh, you know, I was really struggling and everything and, I kind of, yeah, I was frustrated and I flipped about halfway through the placement. I was like, you know what? Like, this is unacceptable. You know, like these people need, need my help and I need to just do what I can to just help them as much as I can and stop worrying about like this being like different for me. And it really like flipped my ability to be successful, like for the rest of the placement. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. And that's like part of the, it's funny, you know, I think I'm having a hard time really being super duper succinct with level up and, and we'll talk about that. Cause I actually have everything down pat right now in terms of the new updated vision statement and, and finalizing the presentation for that. But 
you know, one of my, one of my underlying goals is just like you had alluded to Dalton in your post, like inspiring humans in general, like to just, to just have that mindset shift because it's so powerful in any avenue that you want to go down, not just physical therapy. It's just, it's taking ownership and, and really reflecting on opportunities and, and making the best out of situations. For sure. And I think, I think one of the main things I want to get across with that point is that like, you can try to help as many people as you want, but if you start investing in yourself and you start trying to take leadership of your own life and like whatever you're trying to do, like you'll start to see that affect every, like every other aspect of your life. And that'll just flow over into like, whether it be physical therapy or whether it be your, your relationships or your family or, or whatever it is. And I think what you're doing with the level up initiative and just making people more aware of it, like, sure, it's going to help transform the way that people approach physical therapy, but I think it's actually going to help people on a deeper level. And I mean, I've already seen it help me and like, I'm sure you've gotten other feedback from other people, how much it's actually having an effect. Yeah, man. And I, I agree with that point where it's like, I think like that's part of the reason that we've connected is real recognize real authenticity is drawn to each other. And when you own your truths and you are an authentic human that resonates and that's only going to make you more successful in building positive, transparent relationships where, you know, we have nothing to hide. We're, you know, this is a service profession and we're giving all of ourselves. So it's a cool little way to kind of get people uncomfortable and uh, really make them reflect. And, you know, we got some really good stories down the pipeline queued up. Um, I'm really excited. I think at the end, it's going to be a really cool like ebook sort of thing. Nice, yeah. But I mean, man, talk about the daily dose of inspiration, man. Some of these stories, like, again, it's not even comparing. Some are deeper than others. They're different though. And they all, every single time it's hit home for someone different. Yeah. Um, And that's what it's all about. If your story helps inspire one person, that's what it's all about. So we're going to keep that ball rolling and, uh, and get after it. But, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the one aspect of, of growth mindset, I think is like the whole ownership and having a choice, but it's also, you know, some of the characteristics, especially as it relates to PT school is not, you know, so many kids and it's kind of the ironic part of it is we accept into PT school, all of these perfect 4.0 students that, you know, probably have more of that quote unquote fixed mindset. They've been perfect their whole life. They don't take constructive criticism well. They don't work well with others. Uh, something goes wrong. It's never their fault. Um, they don't take ownership for, for actions. Like those are, the, those are the characteristics that I think make the absolute worst physical therapists. Um, it's the physical therapists that fail a little bit during school that really grow. And, and uh, that was me my freshman year of college. I got C's in biology and, and I was learning how to college. I stunk. I, you know, it was tough. But, but through those experiences, it really shaped me towards like taking that struggle and using it for positive fuel. So I think the best physical therapists are the really hungry ones that they might have a 4.0, they might not, but there's so many of those like on the cusp GPA ones that have amazing perseverance and, and growth mindset attributes that make the best physical therapists without a doubt. For sure. Yeah. So true. I think uh, it's interesting because like, I think what, if people take that growth mindset like and start learning and, and continuing to want to learn, I think, um, at looking outside of just physical therapy school, because that's kind of how we got onto 
like found you, how he found McKenna, started looking at different things that like, we're learning this stuff in school and we're like, there's gotta be more to the story. Right. And then you go out and you start learning on your own. And that's like kind of what fueled us to do this is just to try to, you know, empower other students to just take control of their own learning and go out and be like, okay, like let's expand my knowledge. I guess what they're telling me is school is great, but there's gotta be more to it. And I think that's what you're obviously trying to bring to the, to light through the, through the level up initiative. Yeah. And one of the, one of the most classic questions that I get, or I guess um, more like reservations is like, you know, I hear students that are like, well, we have to learn all this stuff to pass the boards and you expect us to want to learn all this other stuff. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, I definitely hear that. I, I validate those concerns. It's definitely hard. I, I actually feel more sorry for you guys because I didn't have these challenges when I was in school because this stuff wasn't really like mainstream yet. Uh, but at the end of the day, like it's a freaking service profession. You know, we are working with human beings and we are in the middle of a, of a healthcare epidemic. Not only has it not gotten better, it's gotten worse. And it's because we continue to inject these purely biomedical narratives into the society. And that's what we're testing on the board. So the students that just are clock punchers and memorize are the ones that go out and perpetuate these same narratives. And uh, so it's really important to be able to challenge the way you think about things. And, and my argument is, is that by embracing a growth mindset and, and critical thinking, not only are you going to start to understand more of this new stuff outside of it, but it'll, the same strategies carry over to make you a better student for the biomedical stuff that you need to learn and, you know, understand to pass your board's examination. So, you know, I hear the argument, but I think that if that's really that concerning to you, then you're in the wrong profession because it's a service profession mm -hmm. and saying, Oh, well, you'll just learn when you get out of school is BS because we pay way too much money to go to school. And that's just not fair to the human beings that we serve. I agree. I think you have to like evaluate like what you're doing this for, you know? And like, Absolutely. I was trying to think about that. Like what, like having been on a few placements, like something I've tried to do is just like, if I have five minutes to spare to just chill with someone, I'm just going to do it. You know? because yeah. like man like especially in the hospital like with some of those people like it's not worth me just obsessing over like you know how many people i have to see in a day for like my caseload to pass like my placements right like i'm here because i wanted to be a physiotherapist to help people like feel better and get better right so if you have some time like sometimes that can be super super therapeutic and can help with your like alliance and that can help the actual success. So I think, I mean, it's, I think it's not even really up for debate. Um, and that's what kind of drives this is that it's not even, so you, you first off, you have the phrase, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care, but no one cares how much you care until you connect with them. Nice. So, yeah. if, so if your alliance isn't on point, it doesn't yeah. matter how much you care. It doesn't matter how much you know. Right. But we're not harping on enough in school, especially how if we're not placing an emphasis on soft skills, interpersonal skills, none of the fundamentals matter. None of the none of the caring matters. I, I, I guess I would argue that by being more of a caring person, you're probably going to have better opportunity to create therapeutic alliance. But it doesn't necessarily um, it doesn't necessarily ensure that. So, no, trust me, we need to know the fundamentals. We need to know the biomedical stuff. Um, but we really need to take a hard look in the mirror and realize that 
if we're not placing an emphasis on the human connection piece and realizing that the words and the narratives that we are directly instilling in people, they're the same exact things that are continuing to perpetuate mother effing (laughs) persistent being. And it's just like, how can we even be having this discussion when we know this stuff? Like, it doesn't mean that we throw it out. It just means that we watch our freaking mouth when we're speaking to humans. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you're doing we're you're doing what you're supposed to do, man. Like you're bringing up the conversations. Like more people are talking about it. It's you like we see it more and more now, like on Instagram and stuff. Like it's everyone is like a lot of people are talking about it. So I feel like that's that's the start, right? And then eventually, you know, it's just fire is rising, man. Yesterday, I kind of went off on a rant post, and uh, and then I saw like three or four other really good biopsychosocial posts empowerment posts go out by some bigger accounts. So that stuff just makes me so happy when I see that because at the end of the day, there's a lot of tomfoolery out there on social media where, you know, bigger accounts are taking advantage of the ignorance of society and they have a lot of charisma. They have good marketing strategies, but you know, and, and the sad thing is, is that it's probably well-intentioned too. But the fact that they can be so ignorant to the fact that the language they use is part of the problem is just beyond me. And I've tried having conversations with uh, some of those individuals and they just never go anywhere. So, um, you know, all we can really do at this point is just continue to, which is the goal of Level Up, which is to inspire the next generation of physical therapists to be advocates for the change they want to see and to become badass, amazing clinicians as a byproduct. There you go. That's all you can do. Positivity, right? Yeah. Yeah, Beat them. Just continue to get louder and inspire a bigger voice of reason. Um, It's loudness with reason and it's loudness because physiotherapists are in such an incredible position to just dominate healthcare and have huge, I mean, like forget about the cost stuff. Like we can have huge, like, um, um, influence on the amount of money we're spending on healthcare, but it's not even about that. It's about the outcomes. Like it's outcomes first. Like we are in such an amazing position to positively influence and manage persistent pain epidemic, but we refuse to be critical of the evidence that comes out that tells us how, look, people are like, Oh, well, if you get too evidence-based then da, 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 da. Like, look, you know what? I use dry needling sometimes. <gasps> like I'm yeah. like, the yeah. whole evidence-based thing, I agree with. But what isn't up for argument is that language always matters. So whether you're like, I'm, I don't have time for the manual therapy debate, the dry needling debate, the whatever, like whatever modality you do want to use, make sure your language is on point and make sure that you're not giving them any BS narratives because that is the biggest problem. That is the number one biggest problem is that fear of movement, fear from narratives that we deliver are single-handedly instilling beliefs that are the primary reason that we're seeing this mismanagement and spike in pain epidemic. And we wonder why it's literally like, I feel like I'm nuts. It's crazy. I think some of it is like people just get so attached to certain methods of delivering treatment that it's like, they just want that to be the thing that it's focused around. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, like we talked about it um, when we chatted with uh, Nick Hanna, he was talking about using ultrasound and he was like, I'll use it if I feel like it's needed. And it's using that critical thinking piece where you're like, okay, this person really thinks ultrasound is what's going to yeah. be magical for them. Yep. So I understand well, that. I understand the power of beliefs, right? Going yep. on that. 
which is why people are really, um, you know, I, I'm someone that's way more middle of the road when it comes to usage of manual therapy and modalities. I don't use a ton of it, but I'm definitely at certain points willing to bend my ethical compass. If it means kind of getting an opportunity to get buy-in and create a therapeutic alliance, there are times where I'll be a martyr and it just, I'm not comfortable bending my, my ethical compass and I'll refuse like a treatment and I'll be, you know, they, we won't work together, but I, I plant that seed in their head, but, uh, you know, especially with manual therapy. And even if you are using it, it just makes sure that your narratives are on point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because if you're using ultrasound and you're saying, well, Hey, it might modulate the pain you're experiencing. You're not lying. You know, you're, you're giving another sensory input that may have a modulation effect on the pain. So it's not like you're saying it's breaking up scar tissue. Like if you're saying that, then I'll judo chop you. But if not, then bro, my flexor carpi carpi ulnaris is so sore from all the judo chops I've happened to be doing on Instagram from all the BS I see. Oh, that's funny. It's really flexor carpi ulnaris. That's bro, my F- my FCU is freaking getting irritated as hell, man. So much repetitive abuse with all the judo chopping. I, w- I wanted to ask you something. I've been thinking about it for a while. We talked we talked a while back before you had launched the Level Up Initiative, kind of getting it all ready to go. And uh, yeah. I think you were just about to put it out, and we had a call with you. And we were like, get, knowing you and how fired up you are all the time. Um, we we're like, oh man, like, are you super pumped to put it out? Blah blah. And you're like, yeah, obviously I'm pumped, but you said, you know, I'm, I'm scared. I'm kind of scared to put my, my, myself out there a little bit. You had a little bit of fear around it. And for me, like that really hit home for you to be like super just honest and authentic about like how you were feeling about it. Um, and I just wanted to like ask you how like that fear has continues to drive you every day and how you use that fear, that fear and manifest it into something that that's positive and that can allow you to manifest. <laughs> it's still terrifying. I mean, like it's fear is such a funny thing because I mean, even like even starting my social media account, I was so fearful. I was so, I was so worried about what everyone was going to think about me and not being good enough. Like as humans, we constantly see validation and that's normal. You know, it's normal human psychology and thinking about the fear of getting hated on or getting, you know, people not, appreciating your work or thinking that it's lame, whatever, like all of those fears still circulate, but you know, you listen, it really comes back to, I love that. Uh, this is kind of where the inspiration for level up came from, but Ed Milet on this podcast talks about what it takes to level up. And you know, every time that you put yourself outside of your comfort zone and you kind of like just crush it or get after it, you level up and you set a new baseline. And, uh, you just build on that confidence and, you know, there's still times where I'm still fearful. Like I just recorded finally a webinar for trust me physio yesterday that I've been putting off for like two and a half months because doing a webinar is really weird for me. It's like, I don't like, I don't get to interact with anyone. I'm talking at a laptop for an hour. It's not something I'm comfortable with. It's for a big account. That's way more like academic than I am. Like I'm not in that very like academia type of thing. So I was worried about what people are going to think, whatever. And I finally came to, I'm just like, fuck it. Like I'm going to do it. I don't care. Like it doesn't need to be perfect. You just literally need to take action because like, you know, like if 
you failed and so what? At least you took action and you learned from that. And uh, obviously easier said than done, but it's, but it's that building up that baseline. It's leveling up every time you do something you're uncomfortable with, you level up and you build that confidence and you build up your ability to tackle fear. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally, I totally agree. I think, I mean, that was kind of like you said, like the webinar was something that made you uncomfortable. Like that's the exact thing that drove me to write the post that I wrote for you is just, you know, it was, I'm not super confident in my writing. So like putting my writing out to, to everyone else to see is something that's like, you know, fearful for me. And I think now that I've done it, I've just started to, and since I've done the Instagram page, we've been putting out more writing, but I've just grown my confidence in my ability to write. And now it's like, all right, what's the next thing? So I think like the next thing for us is like, we want to start doing some like presentations, like speaking and like, we've never, never done that before. So it's like constantly trying to find that thing that, scares the shit out of you that's going to help develop you further right well and that's what happens is when you start to hang out with when you start to put yourself out there and you start to level up your shit you you tend to gravitate towards people that are going to continue to make you level up and that's the other thing Ed Milet talks about is you know it's step 1 is getting outside of your comfort zone and crushing it step 2 is surrounding yourself with people that are on a higher level than you they make you level up by virtue of just being around them so the more you start to continue to challenge yourself and network and meet those types of people, the more it's going to rub off on you and inspire you to get after it. And that's, I mean, in its purest form with level up is what I'm trying to do is just inspire people to get out of their comfort zones, tackle the challenges of the changing healthcare um, landscape right now, and just get after it with confidence and conviction um, and just getting people to, to level up, man. It's, it says it in the name. <laughs> yeah, For sure. It's crazy what happens when you just like, you just keep that in mind when there is something scary. Like it's crazy the results that you can get, you know, like, Dude, I just, I just presented in Italy. <laughs> I just presented in Italy. And the reason that's so crazy to me is it has nothing to do with like, it's not this thing where it's like, Oh, look at me. I spoke in Italy. It's like, no, like I put myself out there repeatedly yeah. when I was scared to. And as a testament to that, I, I had an opportunity to present in Italy. That's crazy. But if I don't put myself out there in those uncomfortable situations, that never happens. For sure. Do you, you know, you, you look at level up, <laughs> you look at level up and it's like, man, it started as a crazy idea. And now there's over a thousand people following the Instagram page. There's a ton. I mean, over a hundred people commenting about how down they are in the Facebook community group, which is still wild to me. The amount of people that are down, like, man, reaching out, saying how they want to get involved. It's, it's crazy. And that never happens if I don't put myself out there for that opportunity. So it's still terrifying because I still have to create some of the content. I have to finalize the website. I have to orchestrate all of this for the August launch, but that it, it drives me, man. Like I, because you know, one, one thing within beyond the growth mindset is this dominance mindset of just understanding that anytime you put your head down and you want to do something, get it done. Like you just take action repeatedly and you get it done. For sure. I think, I think it's important too to mention that like, you're probably going to fail at some point. Like you're going to have something that's going to, that's going to, that's going to, you know, go wrong and you're going to have to learn from it. I think people tend to like, I think it's just important that people know that that's going to happen and that that's part of the process. And you have to like, kind of just adjust to it. So like, is there, I mean, is there something you could speak to that? Like, you know, that you I can get about a million different failures. So starting with my most recent, we were actually supposed to do a, a workshop in Maryland. We just canceled it. Cause we only had a couple of ticket sales. Um, and that's fine. 
I mean, that's definitely a failure. Um, and it doesn't define you, 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 whatever it is, what it is, you learn from it and you move along. Um, you know, with level up this past month, I've been traveling. I haven't had a damn second to do anything. So probably lost some momentum and, uh, lost a little bit of that sort of engagement. And I kind of view that as a failure because I didn't stay true to some of the goals that I had planned, but you know, you're human. So you have failures, but you, you take it in and, and you learn from it and, and you move along. I think one of the, one of the biggest failures in my life um, that really drove me was when I got, um, when I came in second place for a residency. When I, when I came, when I, when I didn't get the University of Delaware sports residency, that was really a defining failure in my life where I was obviously super bummed about it. Um, but it was taking that, um, it was taking that fire and, um, and I had this quote the other day, cause I think it's so important is it's not, don't do things to prove them wrong. Do it to prove yourself right. Yeah. I was so pissed and I was so spiteful that I was like, Oh, they're going to know my name. They're going to know who I am. Like they made the wrong choice. But then I was like, yo, like chill out, stop being so reactive, like prove yourself right. Like yeah. take that, take that energy of failure and channel it into a positive freaking like laser beam because it's not it's not about doing things out of spite it's about doing things to prove yourself right that was a hot fire rhyme that was some like that. <laughs> that was unbelievable i um, like to talk though about like having that initial reaction uh we've talked about this before because i feel like the initial reaction is natural you know like sometimes you can't predict what your like initial reaction to something is going to be it's the reflection piece that comes after that's the like, that's the difference maker. I'm so reactive. That's one of my, that's You're one of my weaknesses. Right. But it's something that I've been much been working on consistently for the past couple mm-hmm. of the, couple of years is making sure I'm not reactive when I respond. And, uh, and sometimes I will get emotional where I get, where I'll get triggered, where I will respond, where I'm very reactive and, and only to regret it later. So um, it's important that, I think it's great to have that energy and that passion where you get really fired up about it. It's just making sure that you're honing it into a positive framework versus like a negative framework because it's just not going to end well. Exactly. All right. So we're going to transition here a little bit. We uh, introduced a new segment into our show last time with Jacob Harden called how you brew it. So Mr. Zakabur, we're interested to know what kind of, coffee you're drinking and how you go about brewing your coffee well fellows the uh this this cup of joe that i'm drinking right now is some uh colombiano supremo from uh from florida actually i we got a huge bag when we went down there at this farmer's market it's the bomb from this farmer's market called the boys shout out it's makes some coffee but yeah so colombiano supremo what's up what'd you say the place was called the boys it's the best name. <laughs> it is the best. Voice. <laughs> yeah, uh, and they also have a sister farmer's market called The Girls. So equal opportunity. There you go. All right. All right. Um, it's 2018. Come on. No time for that. Equal playing field. <laughs> exactly. um, but yeah, no. And I, uh, we got a, got a nice little bean grinder in my, in my apartment and French press. So you know we do it right. Real Coffee. classy. I don't. We don't, we don't F around. If I'm in a rush, we got... I have a, a K cup, but I'll do like a single brew with the coffee. 
with like the uh, grinded coffee, but generally French press. Yeah, nice. Right did, you, did you crush some uh, espresso when you're in Italy, man? Dude, I think we had 14 cups of espresso in the three days we were there. We crushed it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's world class right there. <laughs> bro, you don't not crush espresso when you're in Italy. That's like culture. It would that's be insulting fair. if you, you didn't. Yeah, you're right. You're Is right. it better there? It's like, wake up, have a cup of espresso. Yeah. <laughs> Walk to work, have a cup of espresso. N- 9 you know, p.m.? Lunchtime, after lunch, yeah. espresso. Mid-afternoon, espresso, you know? After dinner, <laughs> Just espresso. presenting like, pain science! <laughs> oh, man, we went hard. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, so we wanted to ask you, so obviously you, you see students and new grads as having, like, sitting in an awesome position to, to be successful in the field and kind of take a leadership position. Like, why, why do you think that we're so valuable um, in the position that we sit in currently? Yo, y'all are the future, man. It's uh, if if we can if we can get a bottoms up approach and we can inspire students to become leaders, you guys are the ones that are going to inspire the cohorts younger than you to take these same values and ideals. And when that starts to happen, you guys start to become vocal about demanding change in a positive way. That that's when, to me, it's actually going to happen. So. Uh, it's all about just, you know, that's my target audience. That's my target population on social media, students and new grads and uh, inspiring you guys to become advocates because if you guys do it, the next generation is going to look up to you and it's just going to have this really sick like domino effect where that's where I really see positive change happening. Yeah. I mean, I like the way that you have, that you have it all set up I, I'm about like kind of, you know, the mentor becomes like the mentee type thing. Um, and it's just like, no matter where you're at, you can constantly be learning. Like you, you're saying, like, even though we're like a mentor and we're teaching someone else, like we're learning from someone else and they're learning from someone else. And it's just like a, a revolving yeah. door of knowledge. That, that's well, and, it's, and it's this notion of paying it forward, right? It's having this abundance and service mindset where, you know, we, we, we need to, why are we in this profession, right? It's all about service and, and dedicating an hour of your time once a month to, to mentor four to six students is nothing. That's chump change. And if you're not willing to do that, then, you know, I get it. Some people have really, really full, full, full plates, but I mean, it doesn't take a lot to just offer a little bit of their time to um, mentor the next generation. Like you said, yeah, like I, I mean, I have mentors. I, I, I learned, I'm so inspired by you guys. Like that was um, a question that, my friend Josh Walters, the human movement had asked me, he was like, dude, like you're so fired up all the time. Like how, like, where do you get your fire from? Like who pours it into you? Like you're always pouring it out. Where do you get it? And I was like, Oh damn, like that's a good question. I think like twofold it's, it's all of the unethical crazy BS that I see on a daily basis that really drives my fire and fuels me. But it's also seeing guys like you and Josh and Taylor and, and, and people putting themselves out there when I know that you're not comfortable doing it, that inspires me to keep leading by example and, uh, and continue to put myself out there. So you never know who you're inspiring when you're, when you're doing those things. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Like we appreciate that, uh, those kind words, but we also, I also agree, man. Like I think you go on a roller coaster and we've experienced it. This is like, you get kind of like, you know, you get down about, you know, what you're doing. And then all of a sudden you sit down and you have a conversation like this and you're just re-energized, re-fired up and you just continue on. Cause you know, it is a lot of work. Like 
it's a lot of work for you to do what you're doing while you're working. It's a lot of work for us, like while we're in school doing what we're doing and, and everyone else that's kind of going on. Um, like, you know, we don't get paid to do this type thing. So it's just like, wow. at sometimes it's like, you're almost like, well, maybe I don't want to do it anymore, but then you just get re-energized. Right. And that's, yeah. And it's all about, it's all about going back to your why and your yeah. mission. I mean, right. Like this is a service profession and the disparities that I see on a daily basis, like I will not rest until we see some legitimate change and I will not stop pouring energy into as many students and new grads and professionals as I can. So going off that, you said you've been uh, like refining your vision for the level up. Yep. Go right at it. Let us know what it is. Okay. Inspiring positive change in healthcare. Nice. So prior to that, it was inspiring generations of forward-thinking humans. Um, now, I, I, after reading this book, Traction, that was recommended to me. It was really helpful. Um, one of the things it talks about is really being laser-focused with your vision. Um, your vision is something that has to be understood by the whole platform, company, whatever you want to call it. If I ask everyone what my vision is, everyone should have the same understanding of what it is, why we're doing it and how we're going to get there. So to me, inspiring positive change in healthcare, that really unites that one binding factor why we're all there. That's the why, that's the really powerful emotional why of why we're all inspired to be a part of it. And, um, and then it kind of alludes and it lends itself to the other factors that happen in the Level Up Initiative, which, you know, the goal is twofold. Create positive change in healthcare, but it's by virtue of, instilling students and new grads with these skill sets of growth mindset, critical thinking and, and soft skills. So, you know, I think that's what made it so hard was kind of that, like I was trying to accomplish two things, but really focusing on like, what is the one thing, what is the thing that I want people to know level up initiative is, and it's inspiring positive change in healthcare. It's taking my energy and pouring it into you guys and everyone else that's a part of it for the greater good of creating positive change. You got, you got me, man. I'm in. <laughs> I'm down. Nope. Oh. Yep, yep. There? Cut out for a sec. Okay, we think we're good. We're back. Yeah, we're good now. Nice. We're back. So, I mean, going off that, I think uh, we can start wrapping it up here. I have two more questions for you. One would be, who who are you following right now or that other people might not know about and you'd want them to follow? Um, on social media, it, it could be social media. It could be a book. It could be another podcast. Anyone that's kind of inspiring you right now that, that you might think that other people don't really know much about. Um, okay. Uh, so three, three people, um, or two people we'll go with, <laughs> uh, one of them, one of them would be, uh, Frank Bendetta. Um, Frank is, he's in the level up initiative. Um, he's, He's one of my informal mentors on the mindset side. Um, he is an incredibly inspirational and passionate guy um, that's doing some incredible things with his company in uh, New Jersey. Um, he has a couple of locations and he'll actually be uh, doing the first guest lecture on mindset uh, for, the, for, the, for the first month of modules. So it's someone you'll become more familiar with, um, but he's someone I'm really trying to, uh, he has such amazing stuff to to give to the world that I want to try and like leverage my platform to get people to hear his voice more because man he's even just 
the little interactions I've had with him have been really powerful for me. Nice. And the other one? The other one is just kind of, re- it's kind of random and kind of recent, but um, I think one of the things that uh, Steph and I talk about a lot and, and, you know, one of the things we kind of talked about with the whole, like the boys and the girls is there's a lot of uh, it's this weird dichotomy on Instagram where we don't see a lot of females kind of doing their thing. And uh, one of the things, or if they do, they're just for whatever reason, it's not as um, like popularized, which is frustrating because it should be equal. It should be, they should be having the same exposure we have. So, um, you know, one of my goals is to help want to just try and inspire like some of the females that are involved in level up to continue to be more vocal and find their voice and and put themselves out there. One female that I stumbled across from my coworker is this account. It's like, it's Dr. Ellie Somers. Um, it's, let me, let me look up the account really quick. It's all I've, I freaking love it. It's, um, what, what's up? I feel like I recognize the name. So it's, yeah, it's Dr. Ellie Somers, E-L-L-I-E Somers, S-O-M-E-R-S. And um, just reading her bio, like she literally, I couldn't resonate with her profile more. She's like super empowerment model, um, super biopsychosocial model, goofy. She has a personality, like that's all the right things. So um, I reposted her like the other night on my story, but that's like, Accounts like that, there's no reason they shouldn't be having a big following. So awesome. um, that, and then I did say three. So there's one more. Jared Boyd. Um, oh, yeah. J-Fit Boyd. Yeah. Dr. J-Fit Boyd. Yo, he's low-key, one of the most intelligent humans. Yeah, Man, the stuff awesome. that he puts out is so good. I'm trying to tell him to just be more consistent. But he has such amazing things to offer. His whole stress management um, principles are awesome. So He's definitely someone that I would recommend people look out for. Nice. And on our end, we're going to plug one of our next guests on the PT Coffee Cast, Joe Rinaldi. So go follow him on Instagram, uh, Joe Flow Fit on Instagram. Yeah, Joe Flow Fit. I think it's Joe underscore Flow Fit. Okay, sorry. To get technical here. He's absolutely (laughs) crushing it on a daily basis, and we're super jacked up to talk to him. I know he's part of the Level Up Initiative, and I know you know him. Joe Joe underscore the – Tony Robbins lives with inside and Rinaldi. And that kid Jack, is like the next. Just yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. And he, just and like, he was just such, for like such a, a, a young and two, like he is one of the most inspirational dudes. Whenever I talk to him, I get so fired up. Yeah, we're excited to have, have him on. He's got amazing energy, that kid. Yeah. All right. So we'll finish it off. We like to ask our guests this question every single time. So if you could go back to walking across the stage at Ithaca, just about to get your DPT and you could offer yourself one piece of advice, you know, whether it be for your career, life, whatever it is, what would you, what would you offer yourself? Just stay hungry and stay critical. Like just keep that passion, keep that fire. And that would be it. That's all you need. Nothing more than that. Cause if you have that fire, you'll always find a way. For sure. No doubt. Awesome, man. If you want to, uh, you know, kind of plug your Instagram and the level up initiative and kind of give people a little bit yeah. of where they can find you. Go ahead. So, um, at simple strength physio is my personal account. Um, and then at, at the level up initiative is the Instagram account that's growing. And, and basically the level up initiative will be starting in August. Um, one of the th- reasons I ha- haven't been totally uh, gung ho about continuing to push like advertising it is because we're actually kind of at capacity for, um, 
the seats filled for the first mentorship wave. So once, uh, once the website's finalized and I have all those seats secured, which I already have like all of the, um, spots basically reserved, I'll be making more of an exposure push. Um, like come like July when we're about to start to get people ready for the next wave in January. But, um, we're sitting good right now. So, but still like all the support in the mission is still wanted and needed. And like, that's the whole beauty of it is getting involved in the community. Uh, so you can check that out. DM me with any questions. It's going to be an amazing platform that I truly believe will help be a major player in driving positive change in healthcare. Awesome. We're super excited to be a part of it and we really appreciate you, you know, allowing us to be a part of it and, and continuing to put yourself out there. I mean, I know it's challenging sometimes, but what you're doing is amazing and there's a lot of people that are pumped about what's going on. So. Well, that means a lot boys. And that's the type of stuff where I get those messages and like, that's the, that's the stuff that fuels my fire. Knowing that I'm knowing that I'm pouring energy into people and it's rubbing off. That's the stuff that really keeps me going. Right. All right. Well, I'm going to go bench press the world because I'm so jacked up right now. So we, <laughs> we will catch you another time. All right, Zach, thanks for coming right. on. I'm going to go, I'm going to go crush this vision statement. All right, <laughs> let's go. Peace. Peace.